something else that's been in the news is the Minister Charlie Flanagan. And he is like the nice and shining armour. He's come to the rescue of women in relation to the gender pay gap and he's bringing in the gender pay gap information bill. Uh, This means that companies will have to submit uh, the difference between the payments given to men and women if they have over 250 employees. That'll be the threshold which will drop to 50 employees when the legislation comes fully into operation. Now this means that all companies must submit information as to the median gap in hourly pay between men and women, uh, the mean and median gap in bonus pay between men and women, the mean and medium gap in hourly pay of part-time male and female employees and the percentage of men and women who receive bonus pays, etc, etc. In other words, the gender pay gap. This idea that men and women are paid differently for doing the same jobs in society, and particularly here in Ireland because obviously that's what we're dealing with. And I want to ask you, do you believe it? Do you buy into it? Do you honestly believe that men and women considering since 1976 we've had legislation in this country that makes it illegal, are men and women being paid differently for doing the same job? Where is this gender pay gap coming from? And remember, of course, the term gender pay gap is very different to the equal pay gap, which means that if you're doing the same job at the same rate for the same amount of time, you should be paying the same amount of money. So I want to know, do you believe the gender pay gap Do you believe it exists in Ireland? Maybe you're in a job and you feel you're getting less pay than a male counterpart. Why is that? Do you believe it's true? Let me know what you think. And on the line is Larissa Nolan, who's a journalist. Larissa, good afternoon to you. Hi, Niall. Thanks for having me on. Good. You're very welcome. The last time we had you in the studio. That sounds very bad the way I just said that, by the way. We had great crack. We had great crack singing and everything like that. It was was just before (laughs) Christmas that we were singing. Can I uh, just enlighten people that we weren't actually drunk or anything like that? All right. But Larissa, this story that Charlie Fanning is coming to the rescue of the women of Ireland and yeah. I suppose the feminist movement of Ireland more so uh, and the gender pay gap. I mean, yeah. is, it, is it going to make any difference for companies to have to publish these figures or is it wrong to even bring in this legislation? Well, I think it's right because it will put to bed the idea uh, that there is actually a gender pay gap once and for all. Now, when I say, when I say it like that, is when, I'm, when people hear the gender pay gap, what they immediately think and assume and what they're allowed to think and assume is that somebody is being paid more than somebody else on the basis of biology. And that, that isn't actually the case, but it is willfully misconstrued as the case uh, by people who like to use um, victimhood in order to, uh, to elevate themselves, which in my view, as an actual feminist, is the wrong way to going about uh, equality. But, you Which know, the so feminists would be ashamed of you, Larissa, for even saying that. No, this is the thing. It's, it's, like, it's like as if you have to have some sort of, you know, it's like a faith in the feminist, feminist movement. If, if, you're, if you're to be a feminist today, you're supposed to just agree with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the pay gap and not actually, you know, critically assess it. When you critically assess it, what you find is that there is, there is a gap there uh, but it's, uh, this is st- Central Statistics Office data. There is no gender pay gap. The gender pay gap is hovering at 0% for people aged 30 and below. Now, it rises up to 5.8% between 30 and 40. Why do you think that is, Niall? What do you reckon? What do women do between the ages of 30 and 40? They generally have children, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's actually, when you think about it, 5.8% isn't a huge rise. No, it's not when a huge can, rise. When you consider taking... Well, where do these leave, stories come from? I mean, when you, when you look at, say, for example, in the United States, right, which have a bigger sample size, and they talk about this argument that women are getting 77 cent for every dollar that men yeah. are getting. All right, now, so they're ba- are they basing this on the fact that women are working part-time, women are picking and choosing different yeah. careers? This is, this is the willful, um, this is what I'm saying, this is the willful, uh, miscon- willful misconceptions or willful, willful mis- misconstruction of the actual 
actual thing. What they're doing is it's like uh, they're throwing all the, the, the ads, you know, the, the, the hours in. Uh, they're not counting uh, hours worked. They're not counting part time pay versus full time pay. They're not counting experience and they're not counting different levels. So it'd be like me going in, working beside you, uh, Niall, and working, you know, maybe as a runner in the radio station, uh, a part time, and then comparing your, uh, you know, after having two years experience and comparing my pay to your pay when you're a full-time broadcaster, you know, with loads of experience. But see, the argument, fair, okay, the, the main one always thrown out, of course, is Brian Dobson and Charney Volan, which was in the big RT argument last year. Here was two newsreaders sitting side by side yeah. doing the same job and one being paid a lot more than the other. Yeah. And that was used extensively for this yeah. for this particular course, argument. Because it's used a lot by women in, in elite jobs, women in academia, women in media. It's a very easy way to add another zero onto your pay packet. But my, my issue there was people often say to me as well, you know, oh, but women, even if they don't have children, or oh, they don't go for those jobs. And I go, well, I'm sorry, but my heart isn't going to bleed for people who don't want to go for jobs. Like, I'm more concerned with people, I would be very concerned with people who are actually subject to discrimination where they haven't got a job for, for a certain reason. But if somebody isn't actually going for the job, then that's their own, their own fault. But have, we, have we addressed and, and the, the issue? Thing with, uh, the same thing with um, the two broadcasters there you were talking about. If you want more money, you have to go in and ask for it. And, you know, maybe women are more behind the door about doing that. Well, they are, they well are, recent research has suggested that women actually are more behind the door about well, doing then, that. Well, then what do they have to do? They, don't, they, they need to do it themselves. There's a lot of things in life, as, as you'll know and I know, uh, now, that we have to do ourselves. But is it okay? Here's, here's a question for you, Larissa. Is it okay for, say, let's take the case of those two broadcasters we just spoke about, okay? Brian Dobson was there a long, long time. Sharon yes. would have been, you know, only in the door a few years, right? Yeah. So is it fair that somebody with more experience, even though they're doing the same job, gets more money? Well, I think it is. I mean, it's certainly been the case everywhere I've worked. Um, you know, like, I have, I have no problem with somebody, like, my boss for years was a woman, um, you know, and I, mm. I wouldn't ever I wouldn't ever think, oh, I should be getting more than that woman who's the editor. That doesn't even make any sense. But she's sense. a different job. She's the editor. You were the journalist. So, oh, you're saying with different, oh, with different, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, well, so let's, say a, senior, let's say a senior journalist. Okay, well, here's another example. I went into a job a couple of years ago. I was doing uh, the job for the, the daily paper, or I was doing the job for the Sunday paper. A, a, a fella was doing the job for the daily paper. And one day while we were out having a pint, we realised, and this is back in the good old days of journalism, that he was, I was getting paid nearly twice what he was getting paid. Why do you think that was, right? I'll tell you why that was. He was a trainee just in the door, only, only a year or so in journalism, and I'd been working for 12 years. So, there's, there's so they were a, paying for your skill, your talent. They were paying for my skills, my talents, my contacts. Uh, you know uh, the, the provision of, of all these different things. You know, just your your your, to- your training. You've okay, well, okay. Let, let's look at the other argument. So, if the gender pay gap is based on circumstances, i.e., women going and having children, the cost of childcare and having to stay at home, and somebody having to stay at home, all those kind of things, women having to go part time after they have children, if they have two or three mm. of them, it makes it almost impossible to go to work or not financially viable to work full time. So, yes. if all those things are taken into consideration, and we'll agree on those, right? Yeah. Well, then. What do we do to change that, to give women a fairer playing field? Or is that even possible? In other words, should we be doing something about it? I mean, is it just a choice that women are choosing still to stay at home? A lot of women are choosing to stay at home and they are making their choice. Nobody's shackling them to the sink or anything like that. So should we make it easier? Should we have more affordable childcare? Uh, They brought in paternity leave to make it less favourable to employ Mm. men, I suppose, in some cases, rather than employers saying, well, I'm not taking on this girl. She's 25. She's probably going to have a baby and get pregnant. So I'm not going to take her on. So how do we make yeah. it a, a fair playing field? 
Well, that's actually a real issue, you see, because this is why this is why this frustrates me. This uh, fictional gender pay gap thing, because what is a real issue is the motherhood gap that actually exists, and experts will tell you that. But and that's what I'm saying in the original statistics that we see a gap coming in uh, from 30 onwards. But um, what we need to do there, I suppose, is it's like, first of all, we should look at two things. The one thing we can't fall into the trap of is uh, telling women what to do in the name of feminism. You know, like someone made a joke to me the other day, like it's 2019. Women can do whatever feminists say they can. You know, that that seems to be the the new rule. I I don't ever want us to fall into the trap out of good intentions of actually forcing women to do something that they don't want to do or telling them they should be doing something when maybe they're saying to themselves, you know something, I'm raising the next generation and that's the most fulfilling job that I can do. Do and that's what I want to do. But I think what we should look at is two things here. You have the women who really, really want to work, and yet you go into an office, and I've done it myself after after coming back from maternity leave. You come, you go into an office, and you find that there's no there's no flexibility there for you. There's no accommodation made for the fact that you've just got undergone, you know, a, a huge life event, and you're trying to kind of get back into the balance of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there is no accommodation there, and that is very unfair. And how do we accommodate? We're doing that? a very, very how do important we ac- job. How do we accommodate? We could do. I suppose what we could do is we could. Um, it's, it's like there's a woman who was on. I can't remember who she was now. I really can't get her name. But she was a, a senior lawyer in one of the biggest uh, law companies in in the UK. And what she's done is she's had children herself, and she said, "I tell women to come back when they're ready. I don't give them this." Six months, then you're back. Straight, you know, six months of minding babies, and you're completely. So in there's that no world. pressure. And no pressure. But she says what she found is women are coming back earlier, and they're coming back. Say they're coming back after three months, but maybe only for two or three days. Uh, you know, there's there's all things that you can do, and we're in we're in the modern age. A lot of people can work from home. I think that if you are uh, if you are showing that you're capable of work, because of course mothers the most capable, uh, the most uh, brilliant uh, people ever. You know, absolutely brilliant <laughs> workers. But you're often made to feel like you're work shy when you come back into the office because you literally are trying to get back to get to the babysitter or a child sick or whatever. I think there should be just more accommodation made, more understanding of children who are sick or childcare being let get down. A really important thing that would work a lot for women, I think, is giving them one day to work from home. It would it would really make a big difference as long as they're obviously as long as they're obviously um you know, they're, they're obviously doing the work as much as, as they all... It's yeah, it's the type of job that you can do from home. Some, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't stack shelves at home. If, <laughs> yeah, if somebody... You can't operate a machinery at home, of course, but if you, if you, if you're arsing around and you're not doing the work, okay, fair enough, that's, that's a different issue. But if a, if a woman is showing that, yes, she's appreciating this day off, um, you know, day off, sorry, this day working from home and working as good as ever, I don't see why, why it, it can't be done. I think, it, I think it really should be something to be considered. But, but what also has to be considered as well, which is always left out of this, um, this conversation, which really is about getting as much women into the economy as we possibly can. That's really what's behind it. But what's left out of this is a study that was done last year that showed that two-thirds of women who are working full-time and have small children would prefer, and, and given financial support, they would actually be at home. So that's another thing to remember. That so, they're cho- so they're choosing to stay at home. But Larissa, are women being other, discriminated it's the against? It's the other way around. You know, what I'm saying is that there's women in work, in full-time work, who, if they had the choice, two-thirds of them would stay at home and leave their jobs. So yes, you have some people who are, who are at home minding children and maybe want to go into the workforce but can't afford to due to economic reasons, but you also have people who are in work because of economic reasons. So, I mean, you know... There's that would actually widen the gender pay gap if that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, do, do, you know, do, do you know what I mean? Like, there's people there, I, I meet women all the time saying to me... Would you I, do I, it? I have to do would it. You do would you do it, Larissa? Would I work from home? What, what, is it, what do you do? What am I doing? What am I asking? <laughs> would you pack it in and, you yeah. know, stay... Would you... I mean, did you value did. the time? How many children have you got, Larissa, by the way? I, I have 
I have one and uh, a kind of a, a, a another. I've, I've picked up another one along the way that sort of uh, is in my house. So would you do you love what you do? I mean, raising a child, as you rightly said, is a wonderful job and it's a wonderful uh, you know achievement for be there either a man or a woman or for a family. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to do, right? And you yeah, get great satisfaction. Oh, absolutely, hugely empowering, and you get satisfaction out of it. Particularly yeah. when they get to the point. I had a very sad event in my life last week. By the way, can I point out, Larissa? My son, who's now 23, left the home and he got his own apartment. Oh, no. Yeah, so, so <laughs> that's when you look back at the achievement oh, and you go, well, okay, I'd done my job. It was the saddest day of my life. I'd done my job, yeah. right? But now, you know, they have to flew the coop at some stage, right? Yeah. But I mean, if somebody had to said to you, well, Larissa, you know, you're, you're doing a bit of journalism. We know you're working and you got to make a f- few quid to pay the mortgage, you know, with your partner, etc., yeah. etc. Et but I tell you what, we'll give you how much you get a week. You're getting 700 quid a week. We'll give you 700 quid a week to stay at home and raise your kids. Would you do that? Jesus Christ almighty. Of course I would. Of course I would. But actually, I left without having even got that, um, without having got that, uh, that safety net. Um, and another thing that's complicating my situation is I was, I'm a single parent as well. So I have a lot of things coming at me from a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I'd look at that is I found that I was going to miss this opportunity. I, I, like, I was, like, people forget that when you have a baby, you know, you're, you're in love with them. It's like being, and then when you go, for some women, of course, it's, it's different for everybody. But for me, it felt like as if I was being kind of pulled apart from this person I was madly in love with, that we only had kind of a limited amount of time in childhood. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I know, yeah. Like, I, I wanted to be there to shape that brain for the future and to be... Yeah, the all the, and, and you want to see all the milestones. You want to be there for yeah, the first steps, for the first to, words. Nothing, nothing to me was worth missing that. Now, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's a big, it was a, a huge sacrifice. I mean, I was... Uh, you know, stony broke for ages. But I, I, for me, I felt like that it was, uh, it was, it was a better, it was a better choice. Now, the other side of me is that that's that's quite c- convenient. But also because I'd worked for so many years, I was able to go out and work for myself. Now, that's not a choice. That's not a, that's not an option that a lot of women have. But and I was very very grateful to be able to do that. Um, but again, you know, it, it takes a lot. Of, it, it took a lot of sacrifices. But in my particular circumstance, I felt that this was this was the right thing for me to do to just go out on my own work for myself okay i might have been taking a fairly significant pay cut uh, but in in my case it, it worked that way so i would be one of those women that if you looked at my, me on a scale say with another uh, colleague of mine who was male who we were working who we left college at the same time and if you look at our careers you would see that there is a big gender pay gap between mine and his but it's entirely to do with my choice. I made that okay. choice. But okay, in relation to the minister's suggestion with this legislation, right? The next step I can see here. So let's say this legislation comes through. We're going yeah. to get. We're going to see different industries having different rates of gaps and different gaps. So obviously, the mm-hmm. construction industry is going to look quite shameful, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're going yeah. to see, and the caring industry, of course, which is primarily female, is probably going yeah. to look just as shameful. So is this then a suggestion that okay, we look at this, we analyze the data, and in ten years we come back and we start bringing in some sort of gender quotas? or affirmative action, as they call it in America, whereby we force employers to have an equal amount of male and female employees. Is that even yeah. something that you would ever agree with? I mean, we have it in politics at the moment, 30% gender quotas. Do you, ever, do you agree with gender quotas? I don't agree with anything like that because I'm an equality of opportunity person, not an equality of outcome person. So I don't, I don't agree with... I think that what you put in is what you should get out. Do you, do you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't agree with kind of, in any circumstance, giving leapfrogging somebody into a position that, that causes resentment. It, uh, it, it probably leads to a lack of fulfilment in the person, actually, because they've just been handed a job. And I don't think it's fair in, in just in the general... Uh, no, because you get thing. a job because you're a biological woman. You know, you just... Yeah, and it also causes... It causes... Look, at, 
we, we, there is equality there. We have equality legislation. Everything is in place. It's not like there's, that there's an issue here. Well, then why, like, well, then why is this an issue, Larissa? Why, well, if we have a law since 1976 that says you can't pay women differently to men for doing the same job, why, yeah. why are we bringing in this, this legislation? Why are we going on about it so much? And who's perpetrating this gender pay gap? Because victim feminism is, in, is very, very fashionable at the moment. And it seems to be the way to go. And of course, as we know, uh, now the politics and the media and all those people follow suit. So, and then it just are they virtue signaling? Is that what they're doing? This is this is virtue signaling, but what is brilliant about it is it will actually reveal. I think I really welcome this uh, legislation coming in. I think it's probably unnecessary, but it will reveal to the people um, facts that they were previously um, maybe didn't want to acknowledge. And those facts are when you see that w- when you see women dropping off, it's because they've decided to go part time because they want to go part time. It's because they didn't go for that job as the CEO because they don't want to work 110 hours a week, and they actually have a very good life balance. I think women should be should be commended for uh, for this you know priority on life balance. Definitely, if we had a life balance pay, uh, gap, I'm sure you'd see that women would race far ahead. You know, why why is it being seen that that going to the top of you know getting some job in you know the top of your business or working insanely is some kind of brilliant achievement? It isn't the pinnacle achievement of achievement for a lot of people. It isn't the pinnacle of achievement for me. Uh, I think that there's a couple of things behind this. One is the 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 the, the new vogue of victim feminism, and secondly, it's governments always want to push as many people as they possibly can into the working world. It doesn't really suit them uh, to have less people working. So no, the more women money. they can get yeah. into the world. It's all about economics. It's completely about economics. Uh, I don't, I can't see our government going down the road of, of, um, of, uh, of this resulting in quotas and so on, because I think what they will find is that a lot of this is down to choice. You know, so like if, if they're going to help out people to get into, uh, I would say that if they're going to help out women to get into places by giving quotas, then they, they have to help those other women of that study that two thirds of which want to stay in the home but can't afford to. You know, All right. they'll have to balance that out. Okay, well, listen, Larissa, thank you very much indeed for coming on the air today. I know you have a lot to say in the matter. I know you have a great <laughs> interest in the matter too. Continued success in your journalism, by the way. We could go on all day. We could go on all day about it, Noel. Thanks a million. All right, thank you very much indeed. Larissa Nolan, um, who obviously believes there is no such thing as a gender pay gap. As such, there is a pay gap, obviously, because she described why there's a pay gap, because of choices people are making, that it's not something that's forced by employers. In other words, employers are not paying you less because you happen to be a woman. Uh, they're paying you less because you're not doing as many hours or because you don't work full-time. And this idea that's being perpetrated by feminist organisations of a gender pay gap and this legislation that Charlie Flanagan is bringing in is completely utter nonsense. But she agrees with it because it'll actually show us the truth eventually and it'll stop everybody moaning about it.